the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Coming to you live, backstage at the Live Aid concert, way back in the 80s. (laughs) It's the Worldview Media Podcast, back in your life. Uh, Is that our new slogan? (laughs) I like saying it a lot. I don't know if it's a slogan. It's here. <laughs> We're doing the Bohemian Rhapsody movie tonight. Yes. My name is Gordon Runyon. I'm your sterling host. <laughs> My wife and co-host is Joyce. Hello. Who is also sterling. Oh, nice. <laughs> and silver. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> also with us is Carmen, who is galvanized. Nice. Okay. Can I also be stainless? <laughs> stainless. I don't know about well, that. Well, we know that can't be Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> and also with us is Jordan, who is drop forged. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> you fancy. <laughs> And so we're talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, and in this movie we have kind of a biographical, fictionalized sketch of the rock band Queen, Mm -hmm. but specifically of the life of Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Not the whole life, but the professional artistic life of Freddie Mercury, lead singer of Queen. And of course, that's condensed and kind of skipped Squished. around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just for fun's sake. Oh boy. Let's go around the circle here and y'all tell me what your favorite Queen song is and why. Mm. My. The favorite. You know it. <laughs> There's a lot of moods that go with that. <laughs> uh, lots of flavors to choose from. I know, I have to look. I yeah. bought my first Queen 8-track. Oh, boy. When I was barely out of middle school. And I bought it because of the song, Another One Bites the Dust. <laughs> but that's not my favorite Queen song. My favorite Queen song is Flash Gordon. <laughs> No, I don't think that's true. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally true. Oh, boy. All right, somebody else. Well, having a good time is a good time. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not what it's called. Well, but that's a good time. That's what it is, yeah. What else? (laughs) Well, and then, of course, the Bohemian is really what... That's it. You know, that was their... uh, Their opus? Yeah, I guess so, you know, because it was so long, it was so different, it was just yeah, so much. It's really something. And it was never supposed to have been a hit. It was never supposed to have been heard, so. Yeah. All right, one vote for Flash Gordon. <laughs> another vote for the Bohemian Rhapsody. What else? 
Uh, What's your vote, Jordan? I think I like... Oh, boy. Maybe Somebody to Love. I was going to say... That's a classic. I I like that one a lot. I like the uh, We Will Rock You is always a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one, too. Oof. I don't know. I'm also... I also really like Keep Yourself... A lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the song that I um that was in this show that I got into after I, I saw the thing was that I want to break free song. Oh yeah, that's a good one. So I just start singing that randomly to myself, and then the the one that I saw. Now I'm there. Oh, now I'm here. Is yeah, what now that's I'm here. Called. Yeah, I like that one too. And then you're there. And then I'm there. <laughs> but nobody can see me. So many, and I really like I really like Killer Queen too. I think mm-hmm, that's a yeah. fun song. Well, you know, and I like, I want to ride my bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> Which was not on any of these things, but. And what's it's a the good Elvis one. sounding song? Uh, crazy Little Thing. Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. All right, so let's kind of talk about the movie. What did you think about the movie as a movie? Production values acting and story and and all that did you like it i i think it really did well at capturing a a time yeah you know with the costuming and with the sets and uh with hair hair and (laughs) just that i think they they got that pretty well okay that sounds right I'd agree with that. <laughs> Not that I have, you know, vivid memories of that time. <laughs> of the 70s? Fading memories. Because <laughs> I was just a, a wee child. Yeah. Barely born. Yeah. Uh, I felt like you can't deny the acting job done by the guy who played... Freddie Mercury. Yeah. R- Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Malek. <laughs> Let's count the number of times Jordan corrects me in this podcast. How many times will you say it wrong? <laughs> no, just in general. <laughs> All right, so. Yeah, I just felt like he, well, I guess we saw a documentary about the movie being made and all the, like, method actor extent that he went through to yeah, precisely little... mimic mannerisms and yeah and it wound up sounding a whole lot like Freddie Mercury yeah, as well yeah and I just recently saw a video online this guy will like look at people in movies and if they're imitating their you know who are playing real people and how well they they do their like idiolect and stuff and he had like little things like his upper lip not moving very much when he talked and like his S sounds with just the way he has to move his tongue and stuff. So it was like he was really in it. He was going for it. <laughs> well, but I he think did, he did good. I think that's what I noticed most about the movie. Like you can, you can, I don't know if it's just me, but you can tell that this was something that they took very seriously. Time, yeah. That there's a lot of care that's put into it. Like the shots, um, the music, the choices, the editing, like everything in this movie works. Uh, really well, I think, by itself, but then also with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can have movies where a sequence will be really well shot, but then it doesn't kind of 
it's like kind of shoehorned in like oh we have to have we have to fit this in yeah we have to have this big dramatic scene and how do we do it you know yeah. um but i mean they had multiple musical montages yeah uh, they had a, a concert in the middle of the movie like the if you haven't seen it yet for some reason the end half of the movie is just a concert basically um and that none of that feels uh unnatural yeah while you're watching it Mm-hmm. Like, I came back, I had to go to the gym, I came back and y'all were still watching the concert. I was like, you know, this is weird, we're just watching a concert, but, you know, when you go through the movie, it's, yeah, of course we're going to watch the concert. You have to watch the <laughs> you concert. Have see, <laughs> you have to see yeah. it, you know? And um, it's really, uh, and you can tell in the, like, documentaries and stuff and just hearing them talk about all of it, that everybody involved with this movie seemed to be completely dedicated to we have to get... Oh, right. You know, yeah. even the other our... the other queen band members, they found guys that looked like them. And, yeah, yeah. That there was, and then those actors worked hard. They really invested a lot of time, and... and they went on set and hung out with well, these guys yeah. and then talked to them. <laughs> and just that speaks to the remaining members of Queen, because without them, I don't think this movie's possible. Mm. I don't it think certainly it's the wouldn't same be this caliber. Movie. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't yeah. be the same caliber. And th- there was... You can tell there was a lot of love and care that went into this, yeah. um, and it's, I really think it's just a it's a tribute to Freddie. Yeah. To say this man was more than the the crazy front man that everybody thought of him, yeah. and that there was more to him than the the questionable lifestyle. There was more. There was more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have a question that I wanted to ask was this movie a musical I don't really think it was because in a musical the songs kind of are part of the plot and yeah they actually they're the lines that people are saying at some point but this even though this wasn't a musical I think it's clear that the music was a character I mean that makes sense yeah I don't think I would call it a musical either but I kind of like that that idea of like the music kind of being its own entity in yeah, the movie. Yeah, I really like have, taking on us its own sort of life. I did really stuff. feel that was true, that the music played a role. Yeah. You know? And then I also wondered. <coughs> I imagine that the stories had to be true, but they told these stories about how particular songs came to be. Right. And I felt like since Queen band members were actually working on the movie, <laughs> that those had to be real stories. Do you think so, or? I think, uh, I think there were some things that were, that were pretty close for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean you can't. It it's, this movie isn't a documentary. It's just a movie. So like you have yeah. to have a story and you have to you know. Right. It can't just be here's what happened and stuff. But like, I think that they found interesting things to highlight and and really pull from so yeah, yeah right right i wouldn't say so much that the music is a a character but i think for for me the way that i came across it was that uh freddie was so much the music and the music was so much of him that that wasn't you know you couldn't you i don't think you could do a, a movie about you know freddie mercury without doing music m- music you can't do it some extension. Yeah. yeah. That that's part of who he was as a person was his yeah, music. Right, right. You know. All right. So overall, what's your letter grade for this movie then? 
Oh, Jordan liked it enough to buy the DVD. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and the soundtrack. And the soundtrack. But I, I got the soundtrack as a Christmas present for somebody else. Oh. And I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. Oh, boy. Yep. I I would probably have to... I'd give it an A. I remember first seeing it and coming out and being like, oh, my goodness. And, like, I don't know. It's not... I. I sort of, I feel like we've always sort of been queen people. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, it, it, we've, we've never been, like, hardcore queen fans Yeah, or we didn't, like, walk into the movie theater like, oh, well, let's go see this yeah, movie yeah. about like, this band. Like, like, it wasn't like we, I knew so much about queen that, like, I could point out all the things that were wrong or anything like that. But I wasn't, like, a hardcore queen fan. But, like, months after watching that movie, I was still, like... Like, w- like getting Queen videos recommended to me on YouTube because of all the stuff I'd done afterwards. So it was, like, super effective. Yeah, you went down in the like, hole. Yeah, it really... I mean, in that way, good job, Queen. <laughs> well, I was, I was seeing something interesting that's kind of unre... It's a little related to you, not to Dad's question, but that uh, there's some criticism about it that Queen didn't really get really big until Freddie died, and then like, oh no, this tragedy, and then you know you sell a lot because then the the artist is gone, and so then they kind of like faded off again, and now the movie came back, and all of a sudden it's Queen. Um, but I mean they've they've been around, um, and even if they haven't been as active in that time, I mean you can't you can't say oh well you can't can't believe you guys didn't go on without Freddie. No, that's really it's legit. Yeah, that's a legit thing. I mean, yeah. if you're going to stop, there's a reason, yeah. you know. And that's, they've that's one. If they haven't been queen as they were back in the day, I mean, you can see traces of their influence in all of these different uh newer artists, the way that things are done, um the things that they started have continued like music videos. Yeah, music <laughs> videos uh just um the different ways they're recording having the long kind of crazy uh, sprawling songs and stuff like that, okay. all the different, um, you know, it's, it's all over the place. Um, they've had a lasting influence. Uh, I would probably, I'd probably give it an A. I really did enjoy it a lot. Um, the, <laughs> the opening bit where they play the thing and Brian May does the, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian May turns the opening credit for music, Fox, yeah, yeah, for Fox into an, a guitar solo, um, I was, I was like, I'm probably going to enjoy this a lot more than I thought yeah. I was going yeah. to. Yeah, once that happened, I was like, all right. Yeah. It's <laughs> all <laughs> so you have my attention. Um, yeah. And I've, you know, I've always wanted to, I like to pretend to play guitar, and Brian Maine's always been one of those guys up at the top. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was I enjoyed it a lot. All right, so Jordan gives it an A. Carmen gives it an A. Ma... I really liked the movie a lot, and in saying that, I have to say also that this probably isn't a suitable movie no. for everyone in your family to sit down and watch. Right. Yeah. Um, there are some some scenes that probably it'd be better not to have smaller sure. children see, but you know, as adults and and knowing who Freddie Mercury was and um, his lifestyle and the flamboyance. Um, some of that is in the in the film, and still, with that being there, it's not as lewd and as crude as it could have been. 
and as it might have actually been. Yeah. Oh, so, surely less than it actually was. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's still there, but that's not, that's not the story. Right. And I think what is the story is very compelling, and that's what makes it such a good movie. So you have a letter grade. How much did you like it? I have to give it an A. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I give it a B, and I think the thing that draws it down for me is just, I mean, I hate to be that guy, but the... Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> the gay kissing and stuff really bothered me. And then I realized, and this is just something to ponder, I realized that if you have a movie where, like, two people who aren't married to each other, maybe they're married to other people, if you have a man and a woman kissing as the beginning of an extramarital affair, uh, I'm not ne I just admit, I'm not nearly as morally offended by seeing them kiss as I was seeing the gay dudes <laughs> kiss. Yeah. One really grossed me out more. And uh, uh, frankly, I think that's probably natural. Mm. I don't think that makes me a homophobe or anything I mean I should be outraged about the extramarital affair right on the same kind of level you know but one really does gross me out more and I could have <laughs> I could have done without it and so yeah I'd give it a B uh, our youngest team member isn't here but when we first saw it, I remember just hearing Reagan talk about what really impressed her about the Freddie Mercury character was his confidence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that he knew he had a certain gift and certain particular natural talents. Mm -hmm. And nobody was going to talk him out of that. And for Reagan, uh, she kind of walked around for a little while thinking, man... I gotta get me some of that, <laughs> that confidence, cause she has, she has talents and gifts, but she constantly is in doubt, and and she'll let people talk her out of stuff. Yeah. So I felt like, that kind of helped her, or encouraged her, I guess would be the way. Right. It was a cool example. Yeah. Well, even beyond that, like even if he hadn't been so talented at music and stuff like that, that was what he was gonna do. Like it didn't matter <laughs> that. Right. You know, he's one of those, if it wasn't for the talent, he would have been one of those, like, terrible people on American Idol right. that come back year after year after year. <laughs> he's all, because I'm going to be a singer, you know, but thankfully. Uh, this is what I was born to, to do. do. <laughs> but, you know, he was not only Everybody born to do it. for him, it, it really was. Yeah, he was born to do it, and he was also born with the talent to do it. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but, yeah, every time I watch this movie, I just watch him, and I'm like, man, that guy... Like, that's, that's something to try he for. He was focused in yeah. that first part of his life, for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right, anything else just kind of in an overall? Um, it did make me... Uh, I like the movie, but I don't particularly uh, enjoy watching all of it. Um, because it, uh, it actually makes me kind of sad. You know, like, the whole... I'm getting choked up. I always get <laughs> choked up when I start talking about feelings. This is why... You I'm, don't ever do it, ever. Is, I'm Optimus Prime! <laughs> Optimus Prime. Okay, so, um, just to see him, um, you know, there's parts of it that it looks like 
<laughs> very lonely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really isolated. Well, and it's quite a juxtaposition to all the confidence that he had. That, yeah. You know, and then you that's think about why him on enjoyed, stage. And yeah, how that's, he, I think that's why he enjoyed being on stage, because he could, he could be whoever he wanted to be. Yeah. And, and he was accepted for that. Yeah. Well, and Carmen can't hardly talk out loud about <laughs> it, but I remember after the first time we saw it, she was able to voice the fact that she was kind of upset at how often the people in his life really didn't care very much about him and and uh, the closest people in his life or the ones who claimed to be and there were a lot of people that just took a great deal of advantage of him and and left him kind of high and dry and isolated yeah nothing against like the the queen members you can see them trying to yeah reach out and stuff like that but um he had his part to play he was a bit of a jerk and yeah. <laughs> yeah yes you <laughs> he know, drove people it, away some yeah, of it's yeah. on him but you yeah. know that that makes me sad to watch and that's um i don't know but that's a thematic kind of mood that i think carries through the whole movie yeah 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 it it sure was sad in that way for sure all right, anything else? Just in terms of a movie as a movie, I think we're done. And we'll come back and talk more thematic and worldview issues <laughs> after this brief intermission. <laughs> Thank Thank you. Who's, the, who's our, uh, our intro band? Is it you two? <laughs> what? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> they were coming down off the... But they didn't actually play before Queen did. Somebody else did. Oh, okay. But right. that, those actors that come down, they're dressed like, like you two. Okay, well, don't listen to a U2 song. It'll take too long. <laughs> All right, we'll be back right after this commercial break. Actually, it's not commercial. There will be no profit made from it. <laughs> Non-commercial break. <laughs> it's non-profit break. <laughs> we are not back in a move. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. And we're back. Worldview yeah. Media Podcast. No one there. Okay, we're gonna talk thematic and kind of worldview stuff. The immediate thing to say is that this story is one that actually happened in the world that God made. And so worldview wise it is set in the real world and 
with real consequences. One thing that kind of struck me as I watched this, and I don't think it was because of anything that was in the movie, but I was just thinking, if you go to the top of a building and you hop off of it and you crash to the ground, uh, it wouldn't make much sense for... It wouldn't make much sense to blame God for uh, striking you with gravity. You know, that's just the world that God made. And if you if you act in blatant disregard of the of the sovereign God who made the world and sustains it, there are just going to be some consequences. And so. If you do the sorts of things that Freddie Mercury did with the very uh, high volume of sexual partners and homosexual activity, sodomy, and drug use, uh, God isn't being mean to you when you come down with a condition that winds up destroying your body. You know, you, you really have been warned just like people warn you, don't jump off that building, you'll fall. <laughs> and uh, So I just think there are, just like there are mathematical consequences that involve gravity, so in the world that God made, there are moral consequences. And you just, you just can't flirt with those or try to defy them. That's just the way the world made, just like up is down and, or up is not down and... <laughs> What goes up must come down. <laughs> round. I knew it was there somewhere. Round, 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 round. <laughs> and so it was a very sad movie, though. He's a sympathetic character, this Freddie Mercury. You you want to see him happy. You want to see him succeed. And uh, even admire his talent and admire his commitment to his craft. But uh, you just... You just can't push the boundaries like that and think you're going to walk away unscathed. And I was sad that there was nobody around him who could tell him the truth. What else did y'all get? Well, I think looking at his life, he tried to do what he thought was right for mm -hmm. a long time. And then they went out on the road and he had other influences kind of uh, saying, oh, you should do whatever you want to do because look at who you are and, yep. and you're good and you're all this other stuff. But um, I think that's kind of, you know, that's our sin nature. That's who we are. We try as hard as we can and we just say, well, I have to muscle through this and make this something or I just have to indulge in, in everything. And so it, it's just, it's very human his uh, his plight and it is very sad because um, it just reminds me in Proverbs about the people you surround yourself with and how that how that really affects your life yeah. for real yeah. you know if you have bad influences uh, you're gonna wind up in some bad places yeah. and um, you know what's wisdom and how do you find knowledge and, and all these other things and I think you know I saw that in in this little movie here and so yeah Jordan, do you have any worldview sorts of comments to make? Uh, well, I think the thing that uh, really 
sort of got me the very first time I watched it was uh, in the toward the very beginning where the band is still just sort of starting out and stuff and and Freddie is like you know wanting to he's always wanting to like do the next thing and, and get more stuff done and all that stuff and you know selling the van so that they can record and all this stuff <laughs> and everybody's kind of mad at him <laughs> Because that wasn't his van. <laughs> but, but come on, guys. But, uh, but I, I think that sort of like, he was going to make it so that Queen was the biggest deal that there ever was. And that was, he, he, that was his whole mission. He, he, they were going to take everything over if it was the last thing he did. And I think that's a really cool, uh, that's a cool lesson for I think Christians in that you know we all have callings and things that we're Mm -hmm. supposed to be doing to to further like the kingdom and stuff and that attitude of like this train isn't stopping (laughs) you know that's that's a that's a good example of he was dominionizing he was he was. He, he was, was going to take over everything. It was for himself, but he was doing it. Sure, with the wrong attitudes and priorities, for sure. Uh, there was a bit of worldview anachronism. I'm sure you all spotted it. But in the scene where Freddie's confessing to his wife that he may be a bisexual, mm-hmm. I mean, based on all the many homosexual affairs he had had up to that point, he confesses I may be a bisexual and she's understandably mortified and uh but they have her say at one point and the thing is it's not even your fault did you yeah, <laughs> you remember yeah. that and nobody thought that way back when this was done there was nobody who thought that way and whether he was having affairs with men or women she had every right to be uh really really angry yeah. and to you know, in Bible days, to go to the judge and demand that this guy pay the penalty for that sort of activity. Uh, but she was suddenly early 80s or late 70s. She's got like a 2018 millennial view of homosexuality. Well, I think, I think the thing with this movie is that it has... I'm going to go again. Optimus Prime. Come on, roll out. Okay. I think this movie has a lot of examples of the wrong kind of love. Um, you know, that we have the, the love of, you know, money, the love of success, the love of, um, you know, being your own talents, of loving uh, other people the wrong way, you know, um, or, or loving somebody but not wanting to be that person that tells them, oh, this is wrong, you know. So, um... That's all I got. <laughs> I, I, I have well, more, but I can't say it because I'm going to be a crybaby. And, and the thing with the relationship with Mary, she was kind of like an anchor for him. Yeah. For a long time. And when that happened, and she, she, he, she really did care about him, and she loved him, and she couldn't remain there anymore because, of, right. because there was no future in that for her. There wasn't yeah. anything that she could see to move forward. And I think after... At that point in the movie, you know, he really went off the deep end. Yeah. He didn't have anybody. Really? Yeah. He didn't have anybody anymore. Yeah. And um, People started lying to him, whispering in his ear. Yeah. And he had yeah. nobody to sound anything no, off of. Right. And I think he 
Mary was more than just a girlfriend to him. She was kind of like his conscience or, well, you know, just whatever kept him solid. Yeah, in real life, he he considered her, like, they didn't, I don't think, ever actually got married. But he's, you know, quoted calling her, like, his common-law wife, that she's, she's it, yeah. you know. And that all of these other, like, lovers that he has, you know, he's, they ask him, they are we, as, yeah, are we as good as her? And he's all, no, <laughs> no, she's it, you yeah. know. And that even when um, when he passed away, I think he gave the property to her. Yeah, so, that big house. And yeah, so all of his and stuff. The cats, yeah, and the cats. <laughs> all of his stuff that he had. And I mean, he had his uh, his long term like I think his uh, gay lover Jim, that he's yeah. at. Yeah, at the at the end of the movie, he was with that guy um, when he died. When he died, but he didn't get any of that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Mary got all of it. So she was she was super important to him. Um, and she's still the only person in the world who knows where his ashes are and stuff. Yeah. She was important to him, but I think he was more important to him than she was. Yeah. And uh, and only at the end did he start to kind of understand that to be true. I think in the movie, the place where they portrayed that was after they split up romantically. He's out here having all these different gay affairs and stuff. Yeah. Apparently great numbers. But when she turns up with a boyfriend and she's pregnant, you could just see he was shattered. Yeah. He's and like he was so like, betrayed now. Betrayed. How could you do and uh, you're like, What? He's like, dude <laughs> You you lost the right to be upset about that yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. But he really believed that she existed for him and uh there was, you know, he brought a lot of his suffering on himself for, yeah. for darn sure. Uh, the other worldview thing that I had is that this movie kind of perpetuates the artistic stereotype that says that artists are necessarily kind of uh, eccentric goofy people who kind of purposely blow past all the boundaries and Mm. And, you know, they they have to live, not just think outside of the box, but they have to live outside of the box for the sake of creating their art. And this actually goes back to Plato and his, his bifurcation of the universe into a upper realm and a lower realm. And we, that's what Gnosticism came from, is this idea that truth and beauty and goodness and spirit and all that exist in the upper realm and the lower realm is just everything fleshly and worldly and so there developed this idea that the the true artist is one who can faithfully in this world recreate the stuff from the upper world and you have to do that by transcending earthly rules and just you know not being bound by those things. So the true artist is one who figures out a way to be released from the conventions and the social mores, and you really have to be out there in order to hope to create this real art. Mm. And uh, obviously that, that can't be the case. And I think that we need to fight for the idea that God is the standard of goodness and beauty and truth. Not some kind of undefined spirit world, but God himself. And, you know, I firmly believe that if we had been there to hear King David playing the Psalms on his 
Shepherd Harp or whatever, <laughs> I think we would be stunned at the at the beauty of that. And yet here was a man who was grounded. He longed to obey God. He didn't feel like he needed to blow past all the boundaries for the sake of his art, but it was the fact that he was seeking after God that made his art significant and real. And I think the other example of that is Bach. Mm. And now, as Martin Selbrady has pointed out, that classical music is sometimes div divided into BB <laughs> and AB, you know, before <laughs> Bach and after Bach. He kind of, he was that pivot point that changed yeah. everything. And he did all that as a man hoping to serve the glory of Christ and had no interest in blowing past the boundaries, but wanted to, wanted to live his life in obedience, however imperfectly he managed to do that. But I just think that's a myth that we really need to be careful about and, and be ready to kind of speak against this idea that if you're going to be a real artist, you have to kind of transcend humanity and be something other than that. And I really felt like that was that was kind of a thematic scene in the movie. That part of what seemed to propel his art was the fact that he was just radically different than everybody else and he's kinda doing things his own way and <laughs> nobody nobody can rein him in and that sort of thing. Well, I think part of that part of that needs to come back to the fact that there's a a uh, restrictive sort of more about uh, Christianity and faith and belief is that if you if you're this then you're uh, you're in tight and you don't you know you don't dance you don't drink you don't do anything fun you know stuff like that but I think that comes back to again another issue with uh, the way that the world views uh, concepts and how our uh, filter is broken if you want to say you know mm -hmm. that we have the wrong idea of what uh, freedom is yeah. and we have the wrong idea of how to um, enjoy that freedom sure. so I mean you tell you tell the little kid hey don't touch this the first thing you'll be like well I want to touch it now you know um, and that that's not a that's not something that I think we were built with yeah. you know that's not something that we should have ever had an issue with for <laughs> someone to say you know don't do this oh okay you know that that's not that's an alien desire. Yeah. yeah. That that's something that we struggle against. So I think that's an issue that we need to, like, and I have to kind of tell myself that too sometimes, is that, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not restricted. That I have, I have all of this out in the world that God has given me to go and play with, you know, and have dominion yeah. over. And, you know, it's like Simba, you know, just, <laughs> you, <laughs> everything the light touches, yeah. just don't, don't touch these things. And how uh, how greedy and how self-centered am I going to be that, you know, I have all the things that the light touches, but this little <laughs> tiny section of the dark that I, I'm fully aware is going to, uh, you not know, supposed to. I'm not supposed to do, touch it. It's going to hurt me if I touch it. I still want to touch it. You know, that, yeah. that that's something I have to, you know, remind myself of, like, you don't. Don't be this the silly lion <laughs> cub that runs off to the elephant graveyard. You know, you have, right. the, you have everything else. I did notice, too, and I hate to say this, because it makes me sound like I'm just being a fuddy-duddy. <laughs> we'll <laughs> tell you if you are. <laughs> but I think after Live Aid was done, in the movie at least, that 
and as they're leading up to it and stuff, I feel like yeah, Freddie Mercury was talking like this is how he's kind of maybe atoning for mistakes that he's made. He's gonna go do this charity event and stuff, but I really think the movie makes it clear that charity was not on his mind. He, he what he wanted was that moment of being acknowledged as one of the top acts in the world and mm. we're going to make our comeback here. I don't know if that was <coughs> it because he, he was a performer. Mm-hmm. He enjoyed that thoroughly and he always had a connection with his audience no matter yeah. how well, big that, the screen was or yeah. how small the stage was mm-hmm. or how large the crowd was. Sure, but I guess my point is even if that was the motive biggest crowd he's ever dealt with and how much fun will that be and it wasn't so much because mm. oh, all, these, uh, all these starving kids in Africa yeah no I think he I don't I think there was some part some parts of it from all of that that I think at some point yes it's a, I'm going to you know he's trying to fix his relationship things. with his yeah, with mates. his mates, his yeah. bandmates, his his yeah. band guys, you know, have been well, his and family, then, and you know, you know. He, it's like he finally connects with his father too. Yeah, yeah. Because you say I'm always doing these things, and it's self serving. But here it is, you know, good thoughts, good deeds. Right, right. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah, but and it's it's it 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 is a movie. It's you know, there's supposed to be some kind of resolution, you know. <laughs> That he's gone through this journey, he's realized he's made a mistake, and so now he can either... He's made a few. You know. I <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. Um, but, you know, he's he's come to this point, and he can either continue doing this thing, or he can try and fix it. And, you know... Yeah, he just probably had no clue what yeah, and really fixing it would look Narratively, like. it makes sense but that if you let it all just be this big the concert. The music of Queen, I think there really is a shift yeah. in... In what they're doing and what they're singing later, really? as to oppose what they were doing. I don't know before. the music that well. I guess. I mean, I know all the standards. Yeah. Well, it's it's not it's not the singles you got. Like the singles are important, but you got to get in and touch those other songs because, like. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, that Flash Gordon soundtrack. The whole thing is important. Okay. <laughs> sure. But I can't make it through half of that song. But I mean, I that's I've I thought about that. It would be interesting to go through <laughs> to go through the whole discography and start at the beginning and see what they're singing about and then how that yeah. how that progresses. Um and I have I have bands that I've listened to like that. Like if I find a band that I like, usually I'll go back to the start and try and listen to them all the way through current to see you yeah. know yeah. what's going on here and you can see that in a lot of different groups that this is what we started with and these are the things that we talked about we worked through these and now we're talking about this and now we're doing this well i think my understanding is that pink floyd also had the idea that each album was going to be a story mm-hmm. and it, if you, all you did was listen to the album once you might not get the connections each song was just kind of uh, an anthology, you know, of disconnected songs. But the more you listen, the more you realize, oh, there's one story being told. Yeah. Do you feel like that's the way it is with Queen's music or not? Like, I haven't haven't listened to it yet, but regardless of whether or not you make a thematic album, I think if you're the one making the thing, 
you know, that if, um, Hey, this is my my thesis. Hang on, guys. I'm going to sound smart. Okay, so when you're the one making the thing, what you put into it is based on your worldview, your experiences, your your, your thoughts. So that's you in that thing. Yeah. And if you're writing a thing, like say um, if you're writing a book over a period of years or a series over a period of years, you're going to see um, the way that those views change You yeah. know, or the things that are going to stay the same. And that's why we have uh, ridiculous things like J.K. Rowling saying, oh, well, maybe Ron and Hermione shouldn't have been together um, because <laughs> she's uh, through the time that she's gone through that, that that has changed. Yeah. Whereas, you know, or a few Dumbledore. years or Dumbledore, you know, that all of these different <laughs> things change. Um, so the ways that we approach the world affects the way that we approach what we create sure. and the media that we output. So regardless of whether or not you are intending to put a specific message into something, yeah. It's still there, right, right. which is why we have uh, cl- so many classes um, about la- literary literary um, analysis. analysis and about um, art analysis sure. and why uh, people make so much money just to go in and look at a picture and write, you know, 500 words about what does this color blue mean? <laughs> um, because regardless of whether or not you intend to put something into it, it's still there. Sure. So, and especially in something that uh, is so... Uh, I would say emotionally and um, personally motivated like music I would say that's it it's inevitable that you would be able to look at their music and see how that progresses especially after um, something traumatic to to a group like that to have your main person uh, not only go through you know an illness to this extent but then also to pass away I mean the whole the whole band was gone you know so then for them to come back and to release new things that's going to to influence things in some way. Well, and thus the whole reason for the Worldview Media Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we reject the idea that there's just a surface level of pure entertainment, that Worldview makes it into everything. And we're kind of hoping that creative Christian people will become more acquainted with how to how to put that forward in a purposeful way that is like not preachy (laughs) (laughs) maybe not even immediately noticed you know all right anything else before we wrap this up i i wish the other guys had been in it more like i i the other band the other band guys like i thought they were they were great i very funny yeah i was watching them i was like i want i want more I want, I want more Roger. Well, and there are so many Ryan. crazy stories yeah. that they didn't put in, you know, just because you can't have you can't everything, do it. you know. Right. You know, and that we're not. When you watch this movie, don't walk away and be like, "Oh, well, the rest of the members of Queen were angels and stuff like they they've got some stuff themselves." You know, they're not. Um, but it's it's really cool to, uh, you know, you watch a movie and they're like, "Oh, well, look up Queen." Tell, Jordan, tell the, the, the <laughs> lovely people some trivia about the members of Queen. Okay, so that whole thing about Roger and uh, I'm in love with my car. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he really wanted it to be the B-side to Bohemian Rhapsody because Bohemian Rhapsody was going to be the single and so the B-side, the sales, because, you, you know, yeah, all these things. They go together. <laughs> they go together. And so, but... Even if you don't listen to it. But mm-hmm. Freddie didn't want it to be the B-side because he... <laughs> Nobody no, liked that song. He hated it. Yeah. Freddie hated that song, but everybody did. And so Roger <laughs> locked himself in a like a kitchen cupboard, and and he wouldn't come out until Freddie agreed to put it on the B side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
and then um, <laughs> Brian May is a like he mentions it in the thing that oh you're a you're a he's an astrophysicist he's yeah. Doctor Brian May. yeah he's he's officially Doctor right, Brian right. May that he's Harold. got you know Doctor Brian of stuff. Harold May <laughs> you know, he's written papers about astrophysics I mean he was involved you know? in like uh, different NASA projects where they're sending stuff out there and you know crazy crazy and yeah. it's like. Imagine being a little NASA guy and there's Brian May. <laughs> what? Yeah. Plays you out into space on the red special, you know, like. Oh boy. Um, but it, that was that was all. I just wanted I wanted more Roger. I wanted more. Yeah. Brian. Well, I wanted more Diggy. But the movie was about Freddie. Yeah. yeah. All right. And so really, he, there wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been a movie without Freddie. Yeah. yeah. There wouldn't have been Queen. Yeah. All right, I confess that when I was younger, I never got that Queen might have been a sexual reference. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or had any gay thing to do. I didn't know. Shows how stupid I am. <laughs> you were just sheltered. I was. All right. Anyway, thanks for listening to Worldview Media. We'll be back next time with more good stuff. Something Until else, then, else. we are the champions. Dominionize. <laughs> Not until then we are the champions. We should be. We are anything but the champions. No! <laughs> we are the losers. Turn it off! Hey, that's the wrong attitude, isn't it? <laughs> How are we supposed to dominionize like that? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>